Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How's it going? Ah, it's going good. How's it going with you? Not bad. Not too bad. Doing doing all right. Um, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Well, I almost Hulk smashed through my Xbox out oh. the window the other day, so that was a real thing. Oh, what? Why did you almost do that? Uh, I've been trying to get past this one boss fight in Yakuza Like a Dragon, and it's just a pain in the ass to get through. Um, way I'm way under level for it, so I've had to leave like three or four times to try to grind up levels to try to get to that point to where I can beat it. Mm-hmm. And getting to the boss fight itself is not a, a quick process. You basically have to cab ride, which is a quick travel function, to the area. Then you have to skip through or watch two different cutscenes. Then you have to hide and sneak your way through three different levels. Then you do a, a real quick uh, three-body fight just to get to the boss fight. And so I finally got to that after my third run through. I uh, finished off the uh, the business story quest, got a ton of money for that, was able to up my gear a bit, finished off the battle arena side quest, was able to get a ton of really good gear off of that. I'm getting through the fight, and I'm about halfway through. It's going pretty good. I'm like, I might have a decent chance at this. And then the power went off, oh. shutting off my Xbox. Oh. Um, yeah, that was that was not fun. So where where did it checkpoint you to? No checkpoint. No check. Oh well, see so to- Oh well. Yeah, I mean, that's... I had my save point so that I didn't lose all my gear and progress. But the checkpoint is when you is right before you taxi to do the two cutscenes, to do the hide and seek, then to do the pre-boss, and then to do the boss. Huh. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's some pretty bad game design. Yeah. Bad um, game design, definitely bad uh, timing. So yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Anything else you've played apart from that? Yeah, I played a good chunk of uh, um, New World. That's one of those. Uh, that was an MMO I talked about last week. I was finally able to get into that uh, for serious. Um, very interesting game. It's got a lot of potential. Uh, there's no class system. There's no race system. So every character you play is human. Uh, you basically it's just like a weapon grind, kind of like a Final Fantasy Tactics. You just find the weapon you like and just use it a whole bunch, and then you'll skill up points for that. You also can't cheese out points, so you can't like use the sword a lot and then level up your staff or your ice gauntlet or your fire gauntlet or whatever. Um, you're very committed to that. Very decent um, crafting system. Very and very very thick on that. So there's going to be a lot for that. I'm trying not to go too fast just because I don't want to burn through all the contact content before the game goes fully live. Um, but that, yeah, it's kind of taken up the bulk of my week. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, um, I won't say rage quit, but I stopped playing, um, Immortals Phoenix Rising. I think you were, were you watching the stream when that happened? I can't, I can't remember. I caught a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically the game was doing level gating stuff and I don't like that at all. It might seem like a small reason to stop playing a game, but essentially I was doing these three little like puzzle sort of quests. I was quite enjoying them. There was one with a box that I was trying to figure out, which I got round in a way that I didn't quite expect, which was by collecting something and then leaving the level actually worked, which was strange. 
Um, and then I went over to the third one. It was the last one. Um, and there was this big bird that I had to kind of fight. And the game popped up with this message of like, hey, you can kind of approach this, but you shouldn't because you're not really leveled up enough. And I thought, okay, the game isn't stopping me. So I'm going to at least try it. And I was able to kind of get into a rhythm of hitting this thing, but it was so ridiculous and grindy. And I get that with certain boss fights, which this clearly was, that you're supposed to like do them for a little bit of time. But it, it, I just kind of thought like, okay, if this game is doing this to me now, um, like three or four hours in, am I going to get to a worse point later where I'm even more underleveled and come across an even higher boss? that I'm going to struggle against more. So it's sort of me thinking like, okay, if, if I'm struggling against this now and I don't manage to upgrade my character too much, I'm probably going to face the same problem later but worse. And it just made me, it just made me realise about like how Assassin's Creed has gone in the last couple of years with like some level gating type stuff um, with, with some of their, the, like with Odyssey and with Origins and that and somewhat with Valhalla as well. I just don't really like that idea um, I get that there's certain enemies obviously in games that are tougher to fight against and that part I want to be more just challenged on but when the game's giving me a warning like that and like hey you're kind of it's almost one of the things where you're playing an open world game and you wander into an area that you're not supposed to be in and get a warning about, about like hey you can kind of defeat these enemies but you really shouldn't sort of be here um, I'm just not a particular sort of fan of that. Um, and there's probably other games that I've played that have done level gating, but to a there, there's a, there's a line with with that I think where like like the, the Witcher kind of does that a little bit, but the Witcher's much better at sort of doing that. Um, and it's just like okay, I, I'm I was kind of enjoying the story; it was pretty good. I was enjoying the puzzles and the gameplay and everything. But if you want me to kind of just like wander off for five or six hours and do some side quests just so that I can level up and then get back to what I was enjoying. I just don't really quite like that idea. Um, and it's not really an issue of like putting in the time. It's just that I want to just get back to the, like, the main story. Uh, which has come become a bit of a problem with certain open world games I think. Um, I don't know. What, what do you kind of think of like level gating and stuff? Yeah, it's annoying to be sure. Um, it's one of those things that I can understand the concept of it in terms of you want to make sure that they don't go in an area where they're going to get their face punched in. Um, that's definitely from, you know, all my years of playing, you know, MMOs. Um, so I can't really complain too much about that, but as long as it doesn't uh, seriously hinder, you know, general gameplay, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it to a point. Mm. Yeah, it, it depends where you find the balance, I think. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, maybe one day I'll go back to it or, or something like that. But I was just like, nah, I, don't, I just don't want to do this at the moment. So, um, so yeah. Uh, other than that, I moved over to Psychonauts. Of course, has got uh, a Nikki Rap in it, a friend of the show, uh, who I've talked to still fairly regularly and everything. Um, it's from uh, Double Fine, who are now owned by Microsoft. Uh, they've got Psychonauts 2 coming out in uh i think it's 25th of august obviously on the uh, game pass very good this month yeah 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 very good and everything uh, i did talk about it already on geek town so i'm not going to repeat too much here um geek town's obviously david's tv and film news website which i recommend you check out regardless of what i have to say 
over there uh, just because it's very useful for TV and film news. And David's a very good person and everything. Um, and we collab with them a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, what I'm saying is instead of just going over there to see hear me talk about Immortals, there's uh, other useful and good uh, information and stuff. So, um, which this week's Geek Town Radio episode is uh, out at the moment. So, but you can go and check that out once you finish this episode, I guess. So, um, yeah. But uh, it's it's quite good. Um, for a game that was out in... What year did David say? 2005, I think. Cause I said Very, to, it was an original Xbox game. Yeah, yeah. Which it does like the boot up thing for uh, the original Xbox. Which I, I, I really do miss console startups. I mean, it doesn't make a console any better or any worse. It's just cool. So, Because um, nowadays you start a console up and you're just like, Hey, logo. And then, okay, which account do you want to sign into? And then that's basically it. So... Um, I do, uh, I do miss those kind of things, so, <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's pretty good, it's got some good platforming, the controls I had no problem with, there was a point where I was streaming, and I did fall off one of the ledges and that, but that was because of a mistake of my, my own, not because of the game, uh, the graphics aren't great, but as I've always said before, like, multiple times, I'm not really particularly bothered by graphics, I think the characters are interesting, I think the world's got some interesting mystery around it, there's this kind of... I get a sense that there's some very deep lore going on with just, like, this colonel and what's really going on at this camp. Um, so I find that very interesting as well. Uh, the gameplay at the moment is a slight... like the Sorry, the, the combat part of it is slightly sort of basic. But um, you're going through these, like, brain... Not brain training, like, co- uh, combat training things at the moment. Uh, the next part I've actually got to do is the advanced combat training, so that might like unlock some more things that I can do and stuff, so uh, so we'll see. Have you played any of that at all, Psychonauts? Long, long time ago. I've long been an advocate of playing the game because it's, it's very unique in terms of storytelling, yeah. or rather of the story that they are telling. It's not your generic, you know, paint-by-numbers kind of a story. Um, Super psyched that they're coming out with a sequel. I might replay since I do have Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I might replay it because I probably haven't played it in like ten years. So mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, that's that was uh, pretty good. So uh, most people that I've spoken to, including you and David, and opinions that I've seen online, seem to be really positive for this game. So uh, which is good. Um, <clears throat> so that's good as well. Yeah, the funniest review I ever saw um, for that game. Somebody said to take a pencil, put it between your two fingers, and then twist your fingers really, really hard. That hurts, doesn't it? Well, that's your punish for not, punishment for not playing this game. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been quite uh, enjoying that as well. So, uh, Which you can't get at all, I don't think, anywhere on PlayStation. Uh, I think No, it was, an, it was exclusive to Xbox. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but... you can get it on PC if you don't have an Xbox console. So. Right, right. I mean, uh, yeah, on Steam. I think, it's, I think it's super cheap. Actually, let me check. It's probably like four or five bucks on steam mm, yeah um but that's been quite good uh but yeah if you if you've got an original xbox i guess lying around you can play it on that i don't know about xbox 360 but you can play it on uh xbox one obviously which is what i'm doing so there you go uh been jumping around in some cods doing things here and there um my th- cross map thermite started paying off today uh, i did a couple of videos and a couple of streams um I think about two weeks ago, where I was basically uh, practicing with like a second controller, so I could see the other team's like view and everything. Um, and I was practicing like throwing maps 
uh, thro throwing the maps, throwing the thermites across the map, and uh, I got a couple of people today. Um, it's just so funny when, because you think from their perspective, right, this little, like, because on the screen it would be quite small, the little stick of thermite. You, you're, like, just going about your normal stuff, you spawn in the game, you turn probably left or right, and you, you run forward, and then this little stick just comes flying through the air and just hits you and burns you. <laughs> It's uh, it's quite cool. Um, I even said to somebody today, like, "Hey, did you see that like stick that was flying at you in the middle of the air <laughs> uh, that that got you?" Um, but the the funny part about it is because, like I said before, because you can hear the team that the enemy's audio for like three seconds when you kill them. When you can tell when they're surprised, because like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? Well, like, where did that like kind of come from? Uh, so that's quite uh, quite satisfying as well. Uh, did you find Psychonauts on Steam? Uh, yeah, it's not listed. They must have taken it down. Oh, that's nice. uh, I know I've seen it on there before, but um, they just took it down. That you can get obviously a uh, pre-purchase for two, um, but that you know it's a Microsoft-owned product, so of course it's going to be on Steam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but that's uh, that's been pretty good as well on the cross-map thermite stuff. It's just like if you want to get somebody from spawn in cyber attack and you want to specifically throw something, you've got to move like straight away. Um, so it's, uh, it's quite good when it pays off though. It's, uh, quite satisfying. So, um, what was the other thing that I was playing as well? Um, I think that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. So, uh, let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll get into some very interesting news about, obviously, Activision and Blizzard and just, uh, the, the mess over there. But let's talk about some housekeeping first. See you for that in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. 
Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, today I went to see The Suicide Squad, it's James Gunn's reboot sequel sort of thing, uh, it depends on how you look at that and what you want to label it as, uh, but it's James Gunn's attempt at doing The Suicide Squad, of course James Gunn is responsible for directing the Guardians of the Galaxy films over at Marvel, so it made sense and everything like that. I uh, gave it a possible skip review. I don't I didn't hate it. I just didn't really particularly like it. Uh, I don't think it's out in the US yet, is it? It comes out August 5th, I think, for the US. It's super close. Um I know it's going to hit HBO Max at the same time it goes to theaters. So I don't know how many people are going to see it. Okay. Right. Uh but that comes out soon in the US and we got it earlier for some reason. So I went to see it today. Uh but I gave it a possible skip rating that's for the suicide squad and it's got a spoiler free section at the start as most of our films reviews do so you can check that out um did the chat podcast yesterday talking about july 2021 which is entertainment talk's biggest month so again thank you very much for contributing towards that uh, i also talked about some covid stuff there's been some changes of the rules over here in the uk some weird things that boris has decided to do well boris and all the mps really they're all as kind of bad as each other um so i talked about that and also talked a little bit about podcast mentality as well wanted to throw something slightly different in there and just a bunch of other random chat stuff because it's the chat podcast so i talked about that uh ted lasso still continuing season two episode two is the newest episode that's on apple tv plus uh, and that will continue on thr- Fridays, so the episode 3 will be on Friday, and you can look out for our podcast on there. Uh, we got podcasts basically for Flash, Legends, Batwoman, and uh, what's the other one? Superman as well. Um, I haven't got round to finishing off Black Lightning Season 4 yet. It is available on Netflix in the UK, so look out for a review of that soon. It's not really on the top priority list, but... Uh, it is something I'm working away at. So uh, in terms of your Arrowverse DC content, we do have most of it here on uh, Entertainment Talk. Um, did a skip review for Space Jam A New Legacy. That's, of course, another Warner Brothers film that advertised a bunch of other Warner Brothers films. Um, it's basically one hour of Warner Brothers adverts, sort of, uh, that involves the Looney Tunes and LeBron James. And it's also an hour of, like, weird basketball. So... I didn't really like it, and I gave that a skip rating. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, like I mentioned, uh, did a podcast last week called The Curious Case of Cyberpunk 2077. I've been watching a few YouTube videos from different YouTubers over the last couple of weeks, and I compiled a bunch of stuff together and talked about just the kind of weird state of the game. And you can play it, but it's sort of not fully developed or whatever, and it's 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 a very weird, interesting situation. And with a particular focus on the subway system, which is very very strange. There's some there's some really weird videos on the subway system you can find on YouTube. Just certain areas that are like completely unbuilt, and like the fact that just the fact that you've got the tracks in the sky for the subway system, but there are no subway carts or no I think they're called T carts or whatever on the tracks is really strange um so i talked about all just all that kind of stuff as well uh monsters at work still continuing we're up to season one episode five there'll be a new episode tomorrow on wednesday so we're halfway through the season for that been really good so far last week on gaming talk we talked about the first bunch of news from activision blizzard of course all the new uh, the lawsuits and stuff uh alex scott has joined fifa 22 as a commentator because she is a commentator so she joined the team for fifa 22 uh, I did a podcast called uh, Thoughts on Cancel Culture, just how like 
what happens with all that kind of stuff I won't get into it here but uh, you can listen to that as well if you want to and that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and you can find us on podcast platforms uh, let's get into the news Okay, so uh, let's get into this very messy situation. So I've got a screenshot that I saved for one particular piece of news. And then there's a Twitter thread from Jason Schreier that came out uh, earlier today. And you've got also a part to add to this as well. Uh, Let's go to my first little bit that I've got here. Because I've got sort of different news in different places. So we'll just work through what we've got. Uh, So this was posted last week after we did the podcast. But before all of the news that broke out today. Um, it's a, so this is from vice.com uh, it says an Activision IT worker pleaded guilty uh, to mounting a camera under the sink in a quote manner to point at the toilet so obviously at the toilet thing itself uh, end quote in 2018 um, court record show um, so yeah it says in the actual title Activision IT worker secretly filmed colleagues in office bathroom um, which, I mean, I'm no sort of, like, legal expert or anything, but that kind of seems like a violation of human rights, almost, because you're not supposed to have cameras in bathrooms under any circumstances, I don't think. I can't think of any buildings or any sort of places where you're allowed cameras in the toilets. Um, so, pretty crazy. Obviously, that was secretly done, uh, but it isn't a secret anymore. Um, that's just a very small piece of what we've got to go through, uh, but what do you think of that incident, Robert? Uh, it's utterly disgusting for one. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolute invasion of privacy for two. Um, don't understand it for three in the sense of, I mean, there's, there's some things that I don't try to shame kinks, but I don't understand the appeal of that. Um, obviously it's something you should not be doing, um, and not be having anywhere near a business. So. Um, outside of that, I mean, I just don't know really where you go from there. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty bad thing. I mean, that's obviously something that you have to really be able to prove if you're going to accuse that. Um, and obviously it wouldn't have made the move if they didn't have at least enough to bring it to prosecution, um, or at least to a court trial. What happens from here? I mean, anymore, let's be honest. Hmm. So, the way I'm kind of, not imagining this, but the way I'm thinking how this kind of practically worked was, obviously, you're talking about, like, a public version of, like, toilets with, um, like, the doors and stuff. I can't think of what the cubicles is, what they're... I can't Stalls. Know. Stalls, yeah. Um, cubicles is the office area. Right. No, I'm talking about, like, the, the toilets with just doors on them that you'd see in, like, cinemas and stuff like that. Um, mm. Obviously, you'd have the, the stalls as well. Uh, depending on what, obviously, like, gender you're kind of talking about and stuff. So the, the way I'm imagining this, the the idea here, I'm guessing, I mean, we don't know, because this says under the sink, 
um, which would obviously be opposite to where the, the the doors and stuff are. I'm guessing this is to film people coming in and out of the toilets. Uh, Hard or, telling. Or in I and mean, out of... to- there, there's not really a standard toilet layout per se. Right. It does. In change. terms of like orientation of where the toilets are and where the sinks are. Um, plus, we don't know how big this device is because spy cameras are super super tiny. Yeah, you can. Get um, some I've seen them hidden like things. USB chargers. Yeah. Um. Obviously, those are used for like nanny cams, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And in use in your own home, obviously, you know, can't. You know, you can you can camera your own home. Obviously, this isn't a home, so it's not really the same thing. Um. I, I just I don't know what to make of this anymore. It's one of those things that the more that comes out, the more insane it sounds. But it's hitting yeah. legitimate news, so I can't really discount it. Mm, yeah. I mean, if I think about... So, so I went to the cinema today, right? And obviously used the, the toilet. Um, the way that... Because like you said, it, it's, it's a different, slightly different layout for different buildings. And I have no idea what the bathrooms at Blizzard look like. Because I've never been there or see them. So why would I know what they look like? Um, but the ones that I'm just using the cinema as an example because I happen to have gone there today. Um, that is where like the the sinks where you go to wash your hands and stuff. They are kind of diagonal to the the, the doors and stuff to like the the toilet doors and stuff. And then opposite those, obviously, I go in the the men's one, obviously. And uh, opposite the sink is where you have the actual stools. Um, so it would have been like in that kind of. I mean, I guess it still works anyway because like a small area and stuff. But that's that's kind of. That's kind of different to what I'm thinking of how it would have been laid out in this place. But again, I have no idea how it would have been laid out anyway. So, I don't know. But I'm guessing this was just to film people coming in and out of the of the bathrooms. Um, for whatever particular reasons. You can come up with your own um, assumptions from that, I suppose. So, that's just the first piece that we got. And that was in 2018. Um, so, that was... this. So yeah, this is... When we read last week about, like... I think we said the two-year investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, 2019 was two years ago, not 2018. Uh, so this has been going on a while, uh, which is which is a bit of a shame. So uh, let's go over to Jason Schreier's. Um, he posted this on Bloomberg, but he posted a big like Twitter thread. I'm not going to go through every single thing because otherwise we'll be here for like two hours. Um, it says uh, news: uh, Blizzard's head of HR, so human resources, Jesse Meshuk, uh is also no longer at the company. Bloomberg has learned. Um, said it also says in the title because that's what the Twitter title reads. But it's in the actual article title it says Blizzard president departs as game maker faces a labor lawsuit. Obviously, there's there's going to be a bunch of lawsuits from this thing. Probably not just the one that we mentioned uh, last week. Um, he did post a thread, actually. I don't know. Oh, wait, there we go. Um, so, yeah, they've... Oh, I mean, it's no surprise that after a debacle like this that some people resigned, slash quit, slash got fired, whatever words you want to use from, from those. Uh, so, obviously, there's going to be a big kind of shake-up at Blizzard. Um, says, a, a timeline that will help clarify some things because of course you've got the Activision Blizzard merger it says 2007 to 2008 uh, Activision and Vivendi uh, games slash Blizzard merge Blizzard largely left um, autonomous 2013 Bobby Kochnik uh, buys out Ven- sorry, Vivendi and seizes total control of Activision Blizzard soon begins installing his own um, people at Blizzard so kind of like a you know 
those sort of things happen in like sport as well. Not to change the subject too much, but I remember there's been a few times over the years at Man United, and I know that's a very different kind of thing, but just stick with me. That um, sometimes even with things like coaches, they'll come in and they'll just like take out the backroom staff and bring in their own bunch of like assistants and coaches. So it sort of sounds like a similar thing has happened here, where he sort of brought in his own people as opposed to the ones that were there. Uh, 2017 to 2018, uh, with Blizzard revenues uh, tanking, Activision starts pushing the company to cut costs, produce more games at a faster pace. So, crunch, I suppose. Uh, 2018, Marmok, uh, uh resigns. Uh, Brack takes over. 2018 to 2020, Blizzard reputation smacked by Diablo Immortal. And then some other stuff happened. Um... And then there's, there's only two other tweets in this thread as well. Uh, 2019 to present, Activision begins eliminating and consolidating many of Blizzard's non-game dev roles, uh, closing offices in France and the Netherlands. 2021 uh, lawsuit reveals that Blizzard has had problems with sexual discrimination, which we, which we talked about last week, and abuse for years, uh, both pre- and post-Activision. Um, today, Kotick outs uh, Osts, Brack, I'm not sure what that's supposed to say. Uh, which both ousts, yeah, ousts? That's yeah a, ousts. What, forcing him out basically. Right, that's what I thought it, it said, but didn't quite read it properly. Uh, Kochik outs um, uh, Brack, which both shows that he's taken action and gives him an opportunity to exert even more control over Blizzard's operations. To be determined, well, says TBD. To be determined whether Blizzard will become a healthier workplace. I doubt it. Um, for a healthier workplace for women but it will definitely become a very different company well change is clearly what's needed here i mean it's clear that you know when you when you get to a point where you've got like cameras in bathrooms and stuff like that and then you've got sexual discrimination and all the stuff that we talked about from last week um yeah that's when you need a like change of of leadership and and whatnot to uh you know because this is something this isn't something that just happened today this is something obviously that's been going on for a a few years um it just is a shame that these things go on do go on for even a few years until you know some action gets taken but i i mean my i mean i don't know too much about all these different leaders at blizzard and activision i can't pretend to know who they are because i don't um but change is happening a little bit whether it i suppose the question that remains from all that then and all these changes is is are the changes going to be enough i i don't know uh, I, I, nobody can really know that right now, I guess. Um, it's just going to be a kind of wait and see thing. Um, I was listening to uh, Sacred Symbols today. I think it was this week's episode. And he was kind of mentioning that this seems to be more Blizzard focused than Activision focused. Because you haven't heard much about like uh, Toys for Bob or Beanox or um, who's the other one? Uh, who's the other one? Vicarious Visions as well, but Vicarious Visions just got moved to Blizzard. Of course, that was more recently than all this stuff. So, because the given what we talked about last week, it does seem to be more focused on Blizzard as well, because they brought out like Diablo and World of Warcraft and all that. Um, they didn't really talk about like the Activision side of things. That's not to say they're not involved. This just seems to be more Blizzard focused. That's what I've got from all this side uh you had a little thing to add to this as well yeah it's kind of a side story to it um t-mobile which is a uh, mobile carrier provider over here in the states has been quietly removing all branding from pretty much anything activism blizzard um as early as july 27th 
people have noticed that Call of Duty League and Overwatch League have had their T-Mobile branding removed. Um, elsewhere, the T-Mobile logo was removed from the jumpers of New York Subliners players during last week's Stage Five major tournament. Um, they have uh, on the article they have the you know the side by side to where on the uh, left shoulder has the T-Mobile logo, and then they updated the photos, and that mo- that uh, logo is gone. Mm. Um, so I can't. It's not official that that's the reason for it. Because it's not stated specifically that that's why they removed the uh, branding is because of the lawsuit, but you pretty much got to figure it's because of the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, it's too convenient for it to be timed like this otherwise. So, um, but I mean, I'm sure me and Robert both. I mean, me, me and Robert both feel that you know we wish the people that have been affected here the best. We hope that obviously the people that have caused these issues get removed. Again, I can't tell you specifically who those people are because I don't really know the names of these upper management type of people. Um, all I know from Activision and Blizzard is the names of certain dev teams like Toys for Bob and all that, all that kind of stuff just because of what I know about Crash and all that kind of stuff. Um, anything else you want to kind of add to this? I mean, it's all just a big mess, isn't it? So... Yeah, and unfortunately, the one thing that I really, really want to happen probably isn't, and that is for this whole process to go through the whole process of discovery, evidence, you know, trial, possible prosecution if warranted. All that happens without outside interference. Can't talk tonight. Outside interference, and unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. People are from outside are just going to start dogpiling on this. And I'm not talking about people like us or Justin Schreier or anybody that's reporting on it. I'm talking about like people not directly involved with the company, not even indirectly revolt, uh, involved with the lawsuit, just start trying to influence everything. I wish that's not going to happen, but let's be honest, that's probably going to happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, all this. This probably obviously isn't the end of it. Um and we'll probably have a part three, I suppose, next week. Um, oh, I, d- yeah. I, I don't want this to be a thing where it's like, hey, Activision part five and six and seven. I mean, like, we'll try not to, like, do that. I mean, we're not in, co- me and Robert aren't in control of how much news of this comes out, but it's important for us to follow up on it. Uh, it's just not very kind of nice to talk about, but then it is important to talk about. So I do recognize that as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's going to be lawsuits and things that come out of this, um, and I don't know. I just I just hope that my my one kind of big hope, obviously, is just the the developers that were either the ones that were being harassed or the ones that are just continuing working or whatever and, and aren't involved um, are are able to just keep uh, keep kind of going on w- without too much sort of trouble. I suppose if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just hope that, yeah, hope the good people stay in and the bad people get removed, I suppose is what I'm trying to say in a more, uh, basic sense. Um, but, uh, I mean, in, 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 I mean, I know this might be kind of a strange thing to say, in, in a way it's good that this has come out now, because at least now we can sort of deal with it and it won't, and it shouldn't go on for any longer. Um, you know, all this, like, all, the, all the secret stuff that's been happening, like cameras in bathroom, bathrooms or whatever, um, hopefully that stuff can be cut down or at least finish uh, in, in some way, shape or form. So um, we shall see. Uh, it's not a nice thing to talk about. It's not a good thing to talk about, but it's it's what's happening and it's attached to video games. So 
Um, we shall see. What do you think of the whole? Th- this seems. Did you agree? This seems to be a bit more Blizzard focused than Activision focused. Uh, it's hard telling just because. Merged, I mean, Blizzard yeah. comes up a lot, but I don't know what stage of any of this was in. Because remember, Blizzard and Activision were two separate companies. Yeah. So I don't know if this was like a big Activision thing that kind of bled into Blizzard, if this was a big Blizzard thing that kind of bled into Activision, yada, yada, yada. Um, mix of both, tiny bit of either. You know, the culture of not really addressing the issue. Um, there's there's so many questions that we're probably never going to get answers to that it's kind of frustrating, but... Yeah, so... Um... Alright, that's kind of all I want to really say about that. That's all the information we've got. Of course, if you want to read more of Jason's reporting on this, you can check it out over on Bloomberg. Uh, I can't remember if you have to subscribe to it, but we're not in control of that at all. So, you can find it out for yourself, I guess. So, um, But lots of people do use Bloomberg, so I'm assuming people use that anyway. Uh, let's move on to something I just wanted to kind of mention quickly. Um, did you see the reveal of the new Ubisoft game X Defiant I have not Okay, uh, you don't need to really bother about it too much um, basically Ubisoft revealed this game it happened a couple of weeks ago we had too much news to talk about so I kind of bunged it in here instead uh, it's basically Ubisoft trying to sort of do Overwatch but with more military focus than sort of almost superhero focus if you get what I mean because if, if you look at Overwatch's characters they're kind of more like comic booky characters as opposed to you know like military uh so this is more of like ubisoft trying to do a military sort of version of x defiant uh saw some gameplay looks really horrible and kind of generic um and it is called tom clancy's x defiant now if i'm to look at something like the division or rainbow six siege or even splinter cell I do think of Tom Clancy when I think of those, or even something like um, uh, Jack Ryan is uh, Tom Clancy, isn't it? I think um, as well. Uh, and think uh, is, mm-hmm. it, is it Jack Reacher that uh, I think that character is Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those characters and everything. Um, those are obviously more, you know, those are Tom Clancy focused as well. If you would, if I was to look at this game and not be told this is Tom Clancy's X Defiant. I probably wouldn't think it was a Tom Clancy property. Um, so, I I mean, I have no interest in this. Um, most people most people that I saw talking about this were very kind of unimpressed. Um, but it just makes you wonder, like, when Ubisoft gives us a game like this that nobody asks for and nobody seems to like, why don't you just do ultimately whatever... I mean, we've been talking about Splinter Cell coming back for probably Entertainment Talk's whole existence uh, five years um because it's been longer than that since we've had a splinter cell game or one that one that mattered um it's just it's just strange when you see companies decide to do those things of like there's clearly a massive demand for something like splinter cell or even rayman as well there's a big demand from the rayman audience to kind of get him back and then you pull this out the bag it's like hey what do those audiences that are expecting or wanting other things that you could go and make um, what are they supposed to think when you come out with something like this? Um, what what are your kind of thoughts on that, I guess? Uh, well, it's one of those things that you never really know what's going on because obviously Tom Clancy did pass away quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So this is just coming from his estate. So whether or not this is something that, 
is going to be a regular thing. Um, just his name getting attached to it, or if this is just like a one-off, uh, not going to know. So, mm, yeah, we shall, we shall see. But I don't want to talk too much about that. There's not really much depth to show. Um, but you can look up X Defiant if you want to see some gameplay for that as well. Uh, let's move over to one of the most interesting mysteries in the um, gaming industry at the moment. Uh, Abandoned, which we've talked about a few times before. Very much still a mystery. A mystery that I'm really, really invested in and really interested in. Um, so, uh, as we talked about before, there was a date for the uh, preload that you could, that was available. Uh, I think it was July 29th or something like that. It was right at the end of July. That date's now passed. So you can go and get the pre-download thing for uh, abandoned and it does launch i think it was august 10th i said that it launched as well uh so it was sort of like a preload date teaser with a date for the launch of the app which will probably have a trailer which will probably show something else so again very weird and very interesting um so obviously there's now a page available for this game on the ps5 store we obviously can't uh me and robert obviously can't access this because we only have ps4s um but yeah, you can go and I think you can go and search for abandoned on PS5 now, and you can go and get the uh, pre-download yourself as well. Um, I mean, technically, you can look for it on the PlayStation Store website. Yeah, yeah. And you could pre-order it if you wanted to, but if you don't have a PlayStation Five, why would you do that? Right, right. So you can, I guess, do that as well. Um, but not on the store page. On another advertising page somewhere, I think it was in an image that was shown somewhere. Uh, there's a blurred. I put basically a poster. There's a blurred image on a poster for the game, showing a man wearing an eye patch on his left eye. Uh, there is a text above that is also blurred. Some have said that this says "Welcome to Silent Hill." I took another couple of looks at it today, and I cannot make out what it says at all. And I'm quite young, and I've been told I've got very healthy eyes. I have actually been told that by the opticians. I think about a year ago or so. Uh, I can't for the life of me see what it says, so I don't know if it says that. Um, obviously, you can sort of look at it and, and judge that for yourself. Um, so a couple of things to come out from this. The first of which is people can't seem to make their minds up if this is Metal Gear or Silent Hill. Uh, to the point where, okay, it, like you can you can see in, in the background there is clearly somebody there. It's, it's very blurred out. You can see somebody with an eye patch on. You can You can pretty well see that. It's blurred out, but you can see the eye patch. On his left eye. So if you were to look at this image. And think okay. Big Boss. Metal Gear obviously. Um, with the, the eye patch stuff. But then Welcome to Silent Hill. We can't surely be expecting this to be both. Uh, I mean I'm not. I'm still maintaining my opinion from before. I don't think this is either. Uh, I do think this could involve Kojima. But I think it would be a different game. Just because of what I've mentioned before. Which is that you need Konami to be involved. In order for this to be Metal Gear or Silent Hill. And I just don't see that happening. I'm not going to go over all that again. Because I've mentioned it so many times before. Um, I mean it could just be a person with an eye patch on. And the writing could say something similar. Um, Robert did you see this poster at all? And what do you kind of think of this situation? I did not see it. Um, I really doubt that it's anything you know, Metal Gear Solid related. Because... They would have made a stink about that. Mm. Um, it could be Silent Hill. You know, it could be just like a new character in Silent Hill, but I don't know. That seems kind of circuitous to get a new character out like that. Hmm. Yeah. What's your uh, 
investment level in this? Pretty much none. None? Okay. Never. I'm not a horror game fan in general. Um, I did play the original Silent... Um, the original... Uh, uh, yeah, original Silent Hill back on the Dreamcast days. Mm-hmm. Uh, never really played any of the Metal Gear Solids. I tried playing them a couple times. They were just too, too obtuse, really, for me. So, mm, Right. Um, I've got something I'm hoping to see from this, but is there anything particular that you'd want this to be? Mm. Not off the top of my head. Okay. My kind of hope is that Kojima is involved and this is just some new IP. Um, Because, I I mean, I don't see, like, a Death Stranding 2 happening, plus the story wrapped up pretty well at the end of the first game. And I don't know know what you'd even do with a Death Stranding 2. Of course, Kojima would have his own ideas, if that was the case. I'm just speaking about, like, you know, his most recent work. Um, If Kojima kind of goes on this role of making just one-off weird IP... I would be interested in that. I mean, I already liked Death Stranding. And uh, that seems to be kind of a one-off. I mean, you could do like you could do like an adaption of it if you wanted to. Sony clearly wants to go down that path like with Uncharted and uh, Last of Us and s- some other games that, are, that they've got as well. Uh, I mean, they've got the whole PlayStation Studios thing uh, involved in that. Uh, so maybe if, if like down, let's just say hypothetically down the line you did like a Death Stranding film or TV adaption. I think that's a possibility but just not a death stranding too um this does seem to be a very like the whole attitude around this and mystery does seem to be very kojima-esque so i mean what i would want from this like um is if this is just some weird new ip clearly something set in a forest i mean the the initial trailer on the playstation channel um is something in a forest and that's what the uh, like background image has got on the because I saw the I saw I saw a picture of this on the PS5 store because obviously people be taking screenshots and all kinds of stuff. Um, if it's just some, it doesn't have to be even horror based. It can just be some game based in a forest with something. I mean, we don't have much else to go off of um, other than a guy with an eye patch, which could be your uh, protagonist. Um, but that would be cool. I mean, even if it's just... Even if this is just, hey, this has nothing to do with Kojima. And it's just this guy called Hassan. He's obviously, like, the guy at the head of this thing. And probably the game director. If it's just him with a new studio called Blue Box. That is a bit new and a bit mysterious. And they just have a new... What looks to be horror game in a forest. Um, that, I think, is the most realistic possible outcome. But I am interested in both those outcomes anyway. Um, so we'll see, but just, yeah, as we get other bits and pieces of this, it's, uh, it's quite interesting, I think. So, and it is the 3rd of August today and the app launches on the 10th. So we might have some more news as well for it next week. Uh, depending on, depending on what launches with this thing on August 10th, I would guess some sort of trailer launches with the debut of the app. What, what do you think? What what do you think happens on the 10th with this? Mm -hmm. I get a trailer at the bare minimum. Mm, yeah, uh, I mean the trailer, uh, trailer, the picture that I've put up on the the featured image this week. Um, this is being advertised as like a um, real time experience sort of thing, so maybe it's some sort of interactive trailer. Again, we'll find out more. I assume on August tenth. Uh, and even though this is just on PS5, you're gonna see lots of YouTube videos about this anyway, so I wouldn't worry about missing out 
on any content. Uh, I think there was a tweet posted from Blue Box or from Hassan and said like, yeah, you will obviously be able to see this like all over the place online, but the best way to experience it will be through the app, which is, you know, as as most things kind of work anyway. So um, we shall see. Um, I kind of hope that it isn't a teaser trailer on the 10th for it that gives a date for a full trailer. I think it, I think it is time to see what this thing is on August 10th, uh, which will be very, very interesting. So, um, we shall see. Um, but I'm I'm just so curious about this, and we'll find out in about a week's time. So we shall see. Uh, one of the other mysteries that I've kind of come across, which has now been kind of solved, no- nothing on the level of abandoned, is just a football game. Uh, FIFA 22, which has got this hyper-motion te- technology. Uh, initially, they showed a trailer, which didn't explain what it was, <laughs> so that was weird. I talked about that a few weeks ago. Then uh, somebody wrote in last week and said, like, hey, there is some gameplay stuff for this out there. You might want to check it out. So I went and checked it out. Basically, what this is, is kind of is what they showed off in the initial trailer but obviously that didn't explain how it worked in the game um it basically they did a match of like a bunch of real players because as you can see in the initial trailer you've got like trent alexander arnold you had uh who else was there i've forgotten the other player i think mbappe was there i think that there were some footballers that were there it would make sense if mbappe was anyway he's the, the cover star and essentially what this is trying to do i don't know how this is going to really work in the game and I'll explain what I mean in a minute. It's essentially a way for... You know how you do motion capture in games so that you can capture particular animations and things like that? Mm-hmm. It's sort of this, like, weird way of, like, when you do something with the player you got selected, it will be a more realistic version because the animations have been recorded by a real footballer. But where I think this is going to clash a little bit is okay i i've got like certain ideas of how football should be played obviously i analyze football and i watch football but i'm not a professional footballer i'm not a coach or anything like that so i don't know you know what goes on in the training ground and that sort of stuff but it's where where i think this is going to clash is where you've got the mind of a professional footballer who has recorded these animations and these realistic movements and things that clashing with me in the game, like controlling one of these players, trying to make a pass or move or tackle or run, I, I don't see how that's going to exactly match up with what's been recorded here. Now, the the one advantage I did kind of see to this was with the AI um, players, because obviously, unless you're doing pro clubs where, you've, where you can take control of everybody, usually it's just, it, even if it's you against the computer or you against one person, you're only controlling one or two players at a time, uh, or one on on the team, the player that's currently got the ball. Or if you're in defense mode, uh, or if you've not got the ball, you'll have control of one other player. Uh, you can do certain things to where you can tell players to what run in certain directions, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. There are certain things to where like the defensive line will be more realistic and more sort of professional, and players like the way they uh, interact with the what like the situation is going to be a bit different so i understand where that can have some advantage but the thing there is again you're going to have a bit of a clash to where whether you're attacking or defending it's going to be sort of 
because you don't have the real players that are playing. They've just recorded certain animations and certain like things that will um, like connect with the game's AI, basically. But I, I just don't quite see fully how... I mean, you know, I probably won't know how it'll work until I actually play it and figure it out for myself. Because, I mean, I did see a video. They they put out, like, four different, I think, scenarios or whatever where someone scores or whatever. And I saw a little bit of what they're trying to do. But I don't think I'm going to necessarily realise the full effects of it until I play it myself. Um, I, I, just, I don't think that's quite going to work until I, I see that. Um, what do you kind of think of what this is trying to do here, I suppose? I mean, I get the the fact that it's trying to make the game more realistic. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty much a given. How much of that really can translate into better gameplay, that's really hard telling. Um, so it's just one of those things that we're not going to know until we really see it in action. Mm. Which makes me, for the first time in several years, interested to play the demo of these games, of this game. Which, I last year they didn't have a demo, actually. Uh, so I hope they do this year. Uh, it comes out in October, so in a couple of months. I think it's like October 1st or 2nd. Uh, so in about two months' time. Because uh, that's when I'll get my first, hopefully, like taste of what this actually looks like. The one scenario where this is going to make a lot of difference, and this was noted quite heavily, is with the goalkeepers. Now, you can do things to where you can take control of the goalkeepers. And you can actually play like a beer goalkeeper mode. But not a lot of people really do that. So the one player on the pitch that you don't always have control over necessarily. Obviously there's been like certain <clears throat> realistic goalkeeper animations that have been put in. So that is going to make the goalkeeper AI different. And like how they save the ball and like how they react to shots. Or where, where the position of the, the attacking player is and stuff. Um, and like where your defenders are positioned. So that's the only area I can see this being fully effective. Which will make quite a big difference I hope. Um, but I don't know, it's just going to be a wait and see until I actually try it kind of thing. Uh, I get what they're doing, I just don't get how it's going to mesh together with what I want to do in the game when I have or haven't got the ball. So, we shall see. But at least I know what it is now. <laughs> so, so there we go. Um, yeah, again, the, it, it was we're in this weird era of like teaser trailers, aren't we? And it was sort of the initial trailer for this was kind of a teaser trailer of like, showing off what it was going to be later so anyway uh that's all the news i've got for this week what do you want to talk about uh well first up if you ever needed even more proof that uh, stadia is dead <laughs> a new google job listing suggests that uh, stadia only games will be start to license out on other platforms with its industry partners um, that is coming from a job listing for a product manager at Stadia on LinkedIn. In the wording of the job description, it suggests this new chameleon-like strategy for Stadia. Quote, in addition to building our own video game platform, the post reads, we shall see an important opportunity to make infrastructure and tools available to our partners who want to build their own interactive streaming platforms. Our goal is to build a long-term sustainable business it helps grow the industry across gaming and other interactive streaming platforms. So it's not clear if this is just going to be them making their own streaming available without the need of a Stadia, something they can do, or if it's something that can be available on other streaming platforms like xCloud. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's trying to keep it alive, isn't it? I mean... 
see, because this is to do with like Google's. So the the IP that they made for Stadia then is is what this is what this is for. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said about before, when we mentioned Netflix games a few weeks ago, the one advantage that somebody like Netflix has got over somebody like Google is when they're making when they're making things that involve IP and not just products is Google doesn't have access to really anything interesting in terms of IP. Um, I mean, there is that there is that game I did try to play on Stadia, and it never loaded. I, I can't remember what it was called now. It's like, it was to do with this, like, little girl, and you were doing this, like, stealth kind of thing. It had a very, very short name, but I can't remember what it was called. And it's like, okay, though, like, it seemed like it. I mean, I saw some gameplay and stuff of it. It looked kind of decent. So it could be a way, I suppose, to give life to some of those games. Um... But I I don't know like there's there's very very little that I think Google could offer with that and I mean they're not going to start building a bunch of new IP now are they um like that wouldn't really make a lot of sense um, I suppose at the end of the day the the positive thing from this I suppose is if they do have a few games on Stadia that are pretty good that no one sort of really played because Stadia didn't really work for a lot of people and is sort of like not really ongoing anymore. Uh, if those games are better and they are, are good, sorry, and they are kind of hidden gems, if they get life in other places, that could be a good thing. Um, but what I'm saying is there's so little of that to offer that, I don't know, it's kind of the thing where like you've got very little to offer, but that little that you've got to offer could be good. But we'll just have to sort of wait and see. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't going to work from day one really, was it, Stadia? And I get that there's there's been a few people here and there on social media that I've seen like, hey, yeah, Stadia worked kind of well for me and it, it, it didn't really lag much or anything. Obviously, that's based on like the areas that you live in and how good your internet is. But it's just one of them things where, as me and you have kind of said before, streaming games like that, is going to depend on yeah where you live, how good your internet is in your area, especially in certain like places in America, and how good your actual internet is to begin with, and that just that just doesn't work for a broad enough audience of people, I think. Um, but what are you, what are your thoughts on this uh, Stadia news? Have you muted your mic again? I think he has. Sorry for some reason the, my mic muted. I don't <laughs> okay. know why. That- um, my hope is is that for some reason, for whatever for whatever reason that games are Stadia only, they can get out to another way to play them, so that people can experience those games, whether or not they're good or bad. Obviously, that's going to be in the playing. But anything that's Stadia exclusive was just super limited on a super narrow market to begin with, so it really had no chance in surviving at all. Um, mm. So as a gamer who has been playing various consoles and various platforms for almost five decades now, it's just I always hate when a game is on a platform that nobody's going to play. Let's be honest. From day one, nobody really thought Stadia was going to work. I mean, maybe a few people that have had way too much marijuana at California in where Google is thought, hell, this is going to be awesome. (laughs) No, no sane person ever thought that was going to work. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, uh, Take Two uh, CEO has just poured a bucket of cold water 
on anybody that wants their games on any kind of game subscription. Uh, CEO Strauss Zelnick has responded to the financial situation surrounding subscription services such as Game Pass, and he remains unchanged in his position that they will never be on those platforms as long as he's CEO. In an interview, he said, quote, Our views remain unchanged. We think a subscription model can make sense for deep catalog titles, but it doesn't really make sense for frontline titles. For any buzz- business model to make sense in the entertainment business, has to work for the creators of the entertainment as well as the consumers of the entertainment. I think catalog can make sense for the publishers. It can make sense for the consumers who are avid, who really want access to a lot of different products. But if you're getting into the frontline products and the economics are much more difficult to make sense of, um, he said during an earning call. So obviously this affects things like Red Dead 2, which I think was on... Game Pass, or at least maybe the, the online yeah. part was free for a bit. Something like that, um, yeah. And obviously GTA, but um, games like anything Take-Two, I don't think is going to be on there for now. Hmm. Um, it kind of makes a certain amount of sense to me. I mean, I do talk about what I like to call business competition uh, when when that topic comes up. Uh, both in, like, you know, in, in all media, whether it's TV, games, films, or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean the rockstar games and stuff um even with like you know gta and red dead uh there was actually a thing i think that came out today or yesterday that gta 5 has sold like 150 million copies and red dead mm-hmm. was on 38 bear in mind that one of them's from 2013 and one of them's from 2018 so red dead has been out uh less time than than gta 5 <clears throat> um but no, it makes sense. I mean, when your when your games are selling that many copies and they're just continuing to sell more and more and more, the I mean, there is possibly an advantage to putting it on Game Pass. But then you've got to look at that and think, okay, if we're up to like a hundred and fifty million, just just keep the train going. I I, I guess. Uh, I mean, different companies have got different ways of looking at how their sales are going and what to put on Game Pass and not to put on Game Pass. Because uh, obviously, when it comes to third-party games like a Red Dead or a GTA, uh, Xbox or sorry Microsoft can't just say, "Hey, yeah, we'll put that on Game Pass" because they got to make the deal for that. Uh, of course, when it comes to their own games like a Halo or uh, Ori and those sorts of games, um, they're allowed to do what they want to with those games. So that makes that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it makes it makes an amount of business sense to me when when you're selling that many copies of a game. Why not just keep that keep that train going i suppose um so yeah because even i i mean i don't hear it like all the time now but certain times when i'm listening to podcasts or whatever and they get to like mpd for the month uh or like sales for the you know ps4 sales or whatever um gta5 is not all the time listed in there but more often than what it should be for a 2013 game uh or more often than what it could be for a 2013 game um, I mean, now you're talking about a game that's crossed, yeah, three, Two gener- three, three generations. Um, yeah, because yeah, you got because it was a yeah GTA Five was a yeah, no because that came yeah. out on PS3 and 360. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, talking so about P- PS3, PS3 360 to the one, and then four and five to the two, so it crossed two generations. No, I'm talking about three, four, and and five for PlayStation, and then Xbox 360 one and Series. Yeah, I was just talking exclusively about GTA Five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been around for a few generations and that. And uh, I mean, 
with the the with the PS4 Xbox One generation, uh, a new release of Grand Theft Auto skipped the entire thing. I mean, we had a new Red Dead for that. Obviously, Red Dead is a much newer franchise because you only got two games. Um, but that just goes to show you that GTA Five was so successful they skipped making a new one for a whole generation, and now we're into the obviously PS Five Series X generation. So. Um, it's it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> I I don't know what like the highest selling game of all time is, but GTA Five has got to be in the top five somewhere. I mean, I don't have that list in front of me, but it's uh it's crazy because because you, you've got to think of other games like what Minecraft sell a bunch. Um, obviously you got I mean you got it more annualized, but you do have the sports games that sell quite a few, uh, Call of Duty games that sell quite a few. Um, those you'd put like more franchise based, I suppose, because. You know, when you get to a new COD or a new FIFA every year, people aren't going to be still buying lots of copies of the old one. They're going to be buying lots of copies of the new one. So, same thing, but that's more franchise-based, I guess. So, yeah. But uh, what do you think of uh, all this? I mean, he's the CEO of the company. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. Um, yeah. yeah. How much of that gets implemented, um, that really depends on the board of directors and whether or not they think that he's taking the company in the correct direction or not. Um, obviously we've talked in multiple podcasts about everything going on with Activision Blizzard. Um, that CEO whose name escapes me at the moment, at the moment only retained that position with a 54% vote of confidence the last time it came up. I doubt that's going to be the case this time. So I see him being ousted pretty soon within the next couple, three weeks, just based off of public opinion. Um, we'll just have to see where this goes from here. I mean, they have obviously no real incentive to make that game on Game Pass because, for one, it still constantly sells. And for two, n- not even on the game itself, but for the shark cards, that still sells a ton of money Yeah, yeah. on the uh, on the aftermarket for that. Mm. So, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about is a massive... Uh, shakeup in the financial sector involving video games in China. Um, As you know, uh, Tencent is probably the biggest gaming company in China, if not the world. Uh, The Chinese state media described online games as, quote, spiritual opium, which caused tech giant Tencent to lose almost $60 billion in stock value, $60 billion being the U.S. value. Right. Uh, Reuters reported that the Economic Information Daily, which is affili- affiliated with uh, Jinwan, which is uh, China's largest state-run news agency, had cited Tencent's Honor of Kings in an article on minors being addicted, addicted to online games, playing for up to eight hours a day. In the article, they quote, Spiritual opium has grown into an industry worth hundreds of billions. No industry, no sport can be allowed to develop in a way that will destroy a generation. Obviously, anything drug-related, but in Asian countries, opium is especially a sensitive subject. Um, Giving the exporting of the drug to China, rising addictions. Apparently, two opium wars. I'm not a big history guy, so I wouldn't know that. Um, Yeah, the Economic Information Daily called for more enforcement against the industry, Tencent issued a statement that they would introduce more measures to reduce the amount of time and money miners can spend on the game, starting with Honor of Kings. This would include under 12S, which I don't know what that means, because it doesn't give any kind of reference to what the S is. I don't know. 
Uh, I'm guessing age because it says under 12S being prohibited from spending money in the game and a time restriction of one hour on non-holiday days and two hours on holiday days. Uh, Tencent also reportedly calling on a ban of children under 12 to play the game entirely. Uh, This resulted in Tencent stock losing over 10% in early trading. Um, these social media and gaming companies saw losses, including NetEase, which dropped from an, a fluctuation of 7 to 15%, XD Incorporated dropping 8%, and GMGE dropping 13%. Um, as to what this will do, it's kind of hard to tell because China really is kind of its own thing. Um, any company that exists in China has to have the permission and basically the blessing of the Chinese government. So the fact that the mm. Chinese government-controlled media makes a statement is just a huge deal that's going to have ramification for God knows how long. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, in a different way to the Activision Blizzard stuff, this is another kind of just messy situation. Obviously, you're talking about China. So, you know, uh, I don't think I need to explain that. Um the 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 thing I was thinking about when you're talking about like the these young children that are playing games, or I suppose t- twelve is technically like young young teenager, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't always come down. Now I'm not trying to defend anything like China related here. I'm just talking about like the parent side of things. Uh, sure, you can make a game that's very very addictive. Um, whether it be like, hey, jumping in for another, the next round of Fortnite, or like, hey, I've got to play another game of FIFA, or like, hey, I'm jumping in for the next round of COD, or hey, I just want to do one more level in this game, or whatever game you're talking about is always going to be like a next round kind of thing, especially if it's like for online games that can just keep going and going and going. Um, the, the other separate problem attached to this is obviously there's the parenting involved and it's not I mean it's a it's a two-sided thing to where okay there's certain companies that won't care and they will just make the most addictive money grabbing thing possible obviously that's where you get microtransactions involved um, and where s- several companies have been called out for it I remember the I think it was the Belgium government got involved with uh, EA and the whole like uh, ultimate team uh, cards on FIFA and stuff like that, which again can be addictive. But it's not just even the addictive part of just playing the game more and more and more. It's the addictive part, I suppose, of like, hey, let's open another pack of these cards or box. You know, let's open another box and mums or dads or maybe both uh, credit cards are on here, and let's just keep pressing this button over and over again. And there, there is there's a double-edged thing there to where making your games less addictive in that way is on the company but then there is also the other parent side of you know taking control of your child a bit more and finding you know sensible ways of putting I'm not suggesting anything violent obviously like sensible ways of putting them away from the games because uh, as you said some of these kids are spending what was it you said 8 hours a day playing certain games which is very much the case some kids spend even more than that on uh, certain games uh, especially if like they're not going to school or whatever and they've been a bit maybe neglected by by parents and stuff uh you know there's there's lots of different examples of of situations i'm not just trying to point towards one particular thing um but that can very much be the case that's connected to the the greedy money grandpa the, the media money grabbing addictive video game so do, do you kind of agree with that i mean there's definitely a parent element to you know young kids playing games so 
What do you? Well, I'm definitely of two minds on this subject. On the one mind, I do agree with you in that parents need more interaction with their kids. The the four years I spent doing customer service for a mobile phone company, it a lot of it involving like billing for games. I definitely saw way too many parents using their phone or their mobile device as basically a digital babysitter. And that usually came in the form of when they had a work phone and that got tied to a tablet based off of the account. And then they forgot that they had a credit card business related tied to the account. Uh And then the kid racked up a few hundred bucks in in in-game purchases for games. Oh, I can completely understand that. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, I'm 47 years old. I've listened to video games or rotting kids' brains literally for almost 40 years. I mean, since I've been 10 and really kind of been paying attention to it, I've heard this my whole damn life, and I'm getting a little tone deaf to it. Mm. Um, And it's one of those things that it's a bit of one, a bit of the other. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, governments throwing down the hammer on this stuff because I'm just not a big fan of government control in general. Um, Mm. As for anything else... I mean, we're talking about another country with a wholly different set of rules. Sure, different countries, different so, rules, etc. Yeah, Devon is going to be not really related. Yeah, it's not going to be related to our experience. We we both grew up in different countries, and mm. we still don't have any real understanding of how that country works. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, there's, there's that kind of almost third element attached, which is different countries, different governments, different rules, different legal mumbo jumbo, etc. So, um, I mean, on a slightly, un- just in terms of, like, bad parenting and stuff, on a different type of topic, um, there was a story came out in the news, um, I think over the weekend, that this five-year-old kid had, uh, drowned near this, like, lake thing, and I was watching the news with my parents as I was kind of eating dinner and stuff, and I immediately turned around to my mum and dad, and I said, well, where was the parent? Like, he's he's five years old, sure, he's got some... I mean, we don't know exactly what happened, like why he fell in the lake and why nobody helped him and why nobody was watching him. But you got to ask the question in those sorts of situations as to, okay, where, well, where was the parent? Like, what what were they doing? Uh, like, was it both parents? Was somebody babysitting? We, we don't obviously know the situation, but that's another kind of, again, different example. It's got nothing to do with games, but of like parents that can just you know, take their eyes off the kids. And unfortunately, in that situation, it ended up the worst way it could. Obviously, in this situation, it's still bad, which is like the video game microtransaction addiction thing. Um, but yeah, there's there's the parent element as well. So um, there we go. Uh, anything that you said that was the last thing you had, I think? Yeah, that's the last thing I had. Cool. Uh, so let's move on to some feedback and emails. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or whatever uh, about anything that we mentioned or anything that you would like to mention about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalk UK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Gerald, I think, uh, says, Hey lads, uh, what console do you think has the best design, uh, handhelds included? Um... So even though I've had a bit of time to think about this, because obviously I've read the email before now, I uh, still haven't really figured out an answer. Because um, I suppose you're talk- when you're talking about console design, you think, okay, you gotta- you're got putting these things on shelves, so they've got to fit on your shelf well. 
Uh, you got to think about, okay, there's certain consoles that have got open tops, like with a PS1 or a GameCube. Then obviously you've got ones that have got uh, disc trays, so like the uh, Xbox 360. And then you've got ones like we've got now, which are just the slide-in thing. You just put the disc straight in, and you've not got to think about any tray that's coming out or anything else like that. Uh, obviously certain consoles have got curves at the top, like the fat PS3 version. Um, and then you've got uh, like the the flatter consoles, so things like the PS4. PS5 is almost like sort of flat and sort of curved in a way, but it's very, very big. So you've got to think about size and kind of stuff like that. Um, I do actually kind of think, minus the Joy-Cons, I really do like the way that the dock fits with the, with the Switch. The actual like tablet part of it. Um, like the the actual function of like clicking the Joy Cons on and off the thing is pretty cool. It's just obviously the design of Joy Cons I have uh, an issue with uh, or a big issue with. Uh, but I like the way that it fits in with like the dock and everything. Uh, I think the PS4's got a pretty good design, although I'm not a fan of the way the power cord fits in. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you or about anybody else, but that thing's really really loose in the back of the PS4. There's been a number of times I've been doing a bit of cable management and. None of it's involved the PS4, and I've kind of like accidentally knocked the lead out. Um, do you, do you find issues with that? The PS4 cable, cord, the power cord, it's like really loose at the back. Do you find? No, but issues? I haven't really moved it a whole lot. So okay, um, but that's fairly well designed. Um, I actually do minus the size. I do actually quite like the original Xbox One. Um, I mean, it's just, like, flat and kind of simple and stuff. And, like, the way you put the USB slots in and stuff are very clean and very nice. Um, like, the the back of the PS4 is a little bit awkward to put certain things in. Like, there's been certain times where I've gone to reboot the camera on PS4. And I, like, can't quite put the uh, wire in the slot and that kind of thing. So, um, I don't know. What, what do you think, like, best design for consoles? Mm kind of hard to guess i mean i am actually a big fan of the ps5 i think it has a very artistic organic look to it it's definitely mm. not standard i am bummed um we on one of the podcasts a while ago some third party uh panels so you could take those side panels off and then attach a third party one to give it a more unique perspective and unfortunately sony sued them into shutting down, which I really wish they hadn't have done. Yeah. Um, but that's that. their prerogative. Um, the Series X I actually do kind of like because it is such a blank canvas for skins and wraps that, you know, for a very minimal investment, and when I say minimal investment, like 15 bucks US, you can just buy a vinyl skin and make it look really cool and really super unique. Or if you have artistic talent, you can kind of paint it to your own style. Um, there's a... It's it's a blank canvas for you to do whatever you want with it. Um, outside of that, weirdly enough, I'd have to go with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred just because it had wood paneling on it. And can you think about the amount of chutzpah that it takes to put wood paneling on an arcade system for a home yeah. console? Yeah, I mean that's way ass before your time, so you probably only seen it in pictures. But that was such a late seventies, early eighties trim was to put wood paneling on it of somebody at Atari was like, Hey, let's be hip and modern and fashionable and put wood paneling on our video game console. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which one do you think's got the worst design? Yeah. Definitely uh, the Intellivision. It just, it was a confused mess. Hmm. 
Um, I don't like the PS Vita. See, I never really interacted enough with the handheld consoles to really judge. I mean, I do own a Switch, but I barely use it. I think I probably used it like 30 hours the entire time I've played it. Um, I really can't hate on any of the other designs because they're all mostly function. There wasn't a whole lot of fashion involved in them until really maybe the uh, GameCube. Mm. Yeah. And even that was just more of a, you know, slightly stylish but still utilitarian function of hey, the kids are going to take this to their other friend's house. Let's put a handle on it. Mm. Now that you mentioned the GameCube, I do really like it. Um, I would probably go with either the GameCube, uh, the PS2, the fat version. Uh, the the PS3 th- fat version was not great. Yeah, I'm not going to hate on it. Yeah, function, really but it was just stupid. Yeah, I I I see that thing every day because I've got one in my room. Uh, I need to buy a new controller. I did try and turn it on the other day, but my controller wouldn't respond to anything, so I think the controller's dead. Um, so, and I'm not sure if that's the charger or the controller. I'm guessing it's the controller, so I'll need to buy a new one. Cause there's still a few games I want to play on my PS3. So, um, yeah, the PS3 fat version isn't very good. The GameCube, yeah, I really do like the GameCube now that you mention it. Um, and like the way the memory card slots in and stuff is good. I'm uh, not the biggest fan of the controllers, but we're talking about like the, the systems themselves. Yeah. The PS4 I do like. Uh, the PS1's obviously just like um, a classic anyway. Um, so I, I I'd maybe go with like the GameCube. The worst one, I think I would go with the Vita. Like the the way that they put L2, R2, L3, and R3 on that thing makes no logical sense to me. <laughs> Is the Vita the one that had the uh, the touch pad on the yeah. back? Yeah. So yeah I vaguely it? remember that, but I never actually owned one. But I can see how that would be terrible. It's horrible. Um, I remember playing... I think I tried to play the Uncharted Golden Abyss demo on it. And trying to shoot with the touch pad, I, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> and I know that you can buy an attachment for it. Uh, like attachment for the back. <clears throat> to where it has these like panels that touches it and then it uses an actual button but they cost like 20 pound last time i checked which is way too expensive for that so uh and yeah yeah the the l3 and r3 obviously clicking in the analog sticks is like the top left and right corners of the screen so that's just a, a horrible idea it looks aesthetically pleasing <clears throat> but like functionally it just uh isn't very good. It's alright for playing the PS1 classics on it though. It's 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 not bad for that. Um, but yeah, I, I'd uh, yeah I'd probably go with the GameCube. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you can ease, move it around pretty easily. So is that the only console that's got an actual like handle on it? I can't think of another console that's actually got a handle on it. No, that's the only one I can honestly off the yeah, top of my head. Yeah, that's the only one that that, that wasn't designed to be portable that I can think of that has a handle on it. Hmm. So, anyway, listeners, let us know what uh, consoles you do and don't like uh, for different reasons. Uh, I guess we can, if we were asked about controllers, we could uh, talk about that as well. Um, I guess which one I think is the worst. Uh, Harrison says, uh, have you ever done um, gaming with a partner or someone similar? Maybe friend or family? If so, what did you play? Uh, Yeah, I've mentioned on the show before I do play FIFA with my dad almost every day. We haven't recently because... he went up to uh, some family in some locations and he uh, went on a trip today as well. So we didn't quite get to play uh, over the last week or so. Although we did play yesterday. 
which was good. Um, that's sort of like a that's a really good bonding thing for for the two of us. Like we know football very well. Obviously, we know all the players and everything. Um, I think my dad does struggle a little bit with playing. Obviously, he's older than me, and like his his reactions are a little bit slower and stuff. So, um, but that's like something I've kind of gotten used to. But it's it's still a really good uh, experience for us. Uh, other than that, um, I mean, when I was growing up with PS One. It was, I mean, I did play, like, Crash and all those other games, like, Abe, like, I, I dabbled in them, obviously, when I was younger, I wasn't playing things seriously, uh, but I did, uh, it isn't quite like playing a game with somebody, but I do remember watching a lot of my sister and my dad play those PS1 and PS2 games, and, like, going to Ratchet and & Clank, and, um, I remember watching my sister play, like, Prince of Persia, and I got quite interested in it, so I played it, like, a few years later, uh, that's a bit different, but that's sort of still like that's still kind of experiencing a game with somebody. So, um, how about yourself? Anything similar? Yeah, a few. I mean, I'm kind of like a unique case in that I come from a very, very large family. Uh, my mom is one of four kids, and my dad was one of six. I'm the second oldest of about 22 cousins. So, you know, huge family. But yeah, I mean, it was always in like a very specific situation, like. If we would go to the cabin for a weekend or whatever, I would usually bring my game console down because I was the one that had it. And we had like a little like 13-inch barely color TV that we would play games on. Um, I remember a few Christmases at my grandma's house to where I had a Game Boy and my cousin Michael had a Game Boy. And so we'd dual link and play Tetris or whatever. Of course, I was in university and he was... 12 so big difference there in terms of age yet but we still had that to bond with um so i've had a lot of different interactions as for the age thing with your dad i don't think it's even so much as age as it is muscle memory because you gotta remember we grew up on with the controllers in our hands so we know you know move your thumb left to go left move your thumb right to go right a b whatever a lot of people never had that muscle memory training growing up Um, I saw a lot of that when I was doing phone support with people that have never used smartphones before. So things like swipe, pinch and zoom, things like that, you know, they have no reference for that in terms Mm of, oh, this is how you do this. So it was never a factor of their age. It was just a factor of their experience. Yeah. Um, And that's why one of the games that I've always recommended to somebody that's never played games before is something like Peggle. It's not an easy game by far. By the time you even get a few levels into it, it's super challenging. Also, something like Trials. But in terms of controller usage, it's very, very basic. Obviously, Trials is a lot more time-intense than something mm-hmm. like Peggle, but you don't have to struggle with the controllers. It's not like, oh, I've never played before. Let's play COD. You're just going to get obliterated. <laughs> but yeah. you know, if yeah. you find a game that has a good challenge curve but easy controls... It it works that muscle memory so that eventually you can build them into harder and harder games. Mm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of COD, I did actually do something with my mum the other day. Uh, this like cross map thermite thing I've been practicing. Basically, how it started, uh, and I did do a stream so you can see how it all worked. Not that I didn't stream it with my mum, but I streamed like the initial test. Uh, basically, the idea was. Is that I would like I would load onto a map that would be a regular one on Cyber Attack because sometimes you do get them and sometimes you don't. But 
there's there's certain maps you definitely get more regularly so i thought okay i'll practice on some of those maps and basically the idea was i'll go into like a private like lobby thing because obviously i don't want people joining the game or whatever and connect a second controller so that i can see in split screen the other team's like view so i can see where the thermite is going instead of me just thinking oh yeah it went left somewhere it went right somewhere i can actually see where it's landing and where i need to like change my like where i'm throwing it and stuff um so i connected it there and obviously had the second controller sitting there and i like i i put uh, i put the like other player into the spot where players would normally go so not not exactly where they would spawn but like certain areas where players would go again just to see like if it lands near them or lands on them or um like you know where exactly to throw it and then i brought my mum into it and i basically said okay all i want you to do is i, I booted up the normal cyber attack game and i said okay i'm gonna try and like throw this this thing at you it doesn't completely matter if it doesn't hit you because obviously in a real game there would be five other players so it might hit one of the other ones and i said all i want you to do is just simply walk forward just so that i can have sort of like a moving target i suppose because obviously when i'm when i'm throwing it and using the my uh for player one controller i'm not moving the other one uh so that was uh pretty good we ended up having like some fun with that as well um and uh, it did test me actually because like I wasn't sort of hitting her for the first couple of tries. I was like, okay, I've got to change uh, what I'm doing. But as I said earlier, it kind of started paying off today because I started hitting a few people, which was good. So, but that was a uh, good fun. But yeah, with my mum, I tend to watch certain shows with her, and then my dad, I tend to play FIFA. So that's kind of like what we've got, which is which is cool. Uh, lastly, um, Jess. Uh, is writing in to say if you were to make a game uh, what would be on your priorities list I think she means in terms of like uh, things to to do with the game and what type of game would it be Uh, I've been asked a sim we've been asked I think a similar question before and I I always said third person like uh, zombie game it would kind of be very similar to Last of Us 2 uh, obviously not like a complete copy of it but it would take certain ideas from it Um, just linear story uh, narrative focused, gameplay focused, uh, zombie third person type of game, or maybe certain monsters and things. Um, my main priority with it would be I'd want some really interesting animations, like the way that your character interacts with different things. That's always something I've said that I'm more interested with with games. Um, how uh, enemies react to the way that you shoot them as well. So, like if you shoot an enemy in in the leg they'll sort of like have their actual leg hurt and they'll maybe bend down or something to sort their leg out or if you shoot their arm maybe they'll drop their gun or something you know because that would like probably happen um you know similar again some of those are last of us two kind of ideas um because there's like executions you can do to where if you shoot somebody in the leg a couple of times and you walk closer towards them they'll just sort of give in a bit because they know that they can't kind of run off so I would take similar ideas like that, but like do things with the animations. Um, so that, that's kind of a, a brief idea of what I would do. Uh, what about you? If you were to make a game, like what would be, what would you want it to focus on, and what would you actually want it to be? That's a really good question because I actually early early in my life I wanted to be a game programmer, but then I tried to learn programming and I realized that I can't do it for shit. Um, I think I'd have to say that I want to do something that hasn't really been done before or at least done well. I honestly don't know what that is, but when you look at a lot of games, the phrase, you know, you know, standing on the backs of giants, Mm -hmm. 
comes into play really well um, because everything is built on everything else. I can't remember the last game I played. Well, I kind of can in the sense of uh, um, Graveyard Keeper in mm. that it was so unique. I had no real point of reference for it. I mean, there are some game aspects that you're familiar with, you know, harvesting, farming, things like that. But in terms of like the arc and the story and the mood and the narrative, that was just so unique of a game. So I would have to really rack my brain really hard to come up with something that I don't remember ever seeing before to make a game. And I couldn't even begin to think about what that would be at this point. Um, but I'm not in a position to where I'm going to be able to make a game anytime soon. So I got other things on my brain. Mm-hmm. What about like priorities? What would you want it to sort of fun- <sighs> functionally focus on? Functionally just working. I've played way too many <laughs> broken games. Yeah. And I'm not counting games that are like in early beta, early access, things like that. That, as long as they fix them, I'll accept. But games that launch broken, I mean, we've had two major ones in the last two years. Um, that, especially w- with the size of those companies, that's just kind of unacceptable. So, mm. yeah, yeah. So, um, do you know what I'd probably do as well? Seeing, let's say hypothetically, this situation is a development team saying, "Hey, you're the game director. What do you want to do? Go." This is basically what that is. Um, I'd probably take my The Closet short story that I wrote a few weeks ago, and I'd make that the cold open for the game. Uh, Because the way I kind of wrote that is that can be used as a sort of starting point for a story. Now, I did did conclude that story kind of in my own way. Uh, Obviously, it was written by me. uh, I would use a jumping off point, and then you could kind of carry on from there. So, I I mean, that would literally work with the idea, because... The story that I wrote about the zombies, so it would it would fit in pretty well. Um, but I take that idea, I'd borrow some, I say borrow in quotes, some ideas from Last of Us Two, and then and then I'd implement some uh, some of my other things. So yeah, um, that is what we got. I thought there was something else, but no, that's the that's the last bit that we've got. Um, so we have some cool questions this week as well. Um, but maybe we can, I don't know, because I do I do want to talk about best and worst controllers now now that we've talked about console so we'll see when uh if that if that uh conversation can be can be brought up at at some point um so we'll see uh but that's what we've got for you for this episode of gaming talk uh we'll be back next week to talk about whatever else happens i'm sure unfortunately there'll be some more activision blizzard stuff um so we'll see what we can make of whatever happens from that and uh go from there so we shall see uh, thanks everybody very much for listening. If you want to find more of the content that we've got, there is plenty of it uh, over on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, so if you're interested in TV, video games, of course, uh, films and Manchester United podcasts, you can take a look at them all over there. You can also find us on podcast platforms if you search for Entertainment Talk as well. So check out all of that. Uh, I think this week, if not maybe next week, depends on how things go, I'm going to try and do a preview uh, for the for the United cast for this upcoming season, uh, we got the reveal of the kits as well. One of them is really horrible, and the other two are all right. So I'll talk about that as well. Uh, I'll send you a picture afterwards uh, after we're done of the, the different kits. One of them looks uh, particularly bad. So um, I'll uh, I'll talk about that at some point. There's no particular deadline. The season starts on the 16th of August, so I want to talk about it obviously before that. 
but uh, we'll see. We'll see when I decide to do that. So uh, check out all of that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, Entertainment Talk, if you like what you've heard, that would be great. You can either just listen to more episodes that we've got over on the website or over on the podcast platforms. Uh, you can also tell other people that you know that might be interested in the content, or even if they're not, just tell them anyway um, about what we do and where they can find it. So tell them about all the content that we've got, either through social media, word of mouth, conversations, that kind of stuff. Just just tell them about what we do, and uh, hopefully they'll find the content as well. Uh, David, uh, sorry, Patreon, uh, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast, review options, check that out if you'd like to as well. Uh, David, as I've mentioned earlier, is posting TV and film news over on Geektown. That's geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio on podcast platforms. Uh, Geektown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays, so check out the new one from earlier today. So there's that one as well. Bex is still streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. Uh, and she's doing some uh, some more charity stuff at the moment as well. So just just go and give her a follow, go and support her, and go and check out the work that she's done. You can also find me on Twitch as well. Excuse me, eTalk UK for all my different streams. If you miss the archive streams, you can find them later on YouTube. Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.